Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good day to you. Thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life, uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. I like to think you're using iTunes, but I also like to think you're using Pocket Casts, because I love it. I really started to get into Pocket Casts, and um, I have uh, changed my ways. I, I have said before I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I've um, I've been using it as my kind of drive-home radio lately, and I've quite enjoyed it. So um, hopefully that's what you're doing, and hopefully you're enjoying it, and hopefully um, apps like Pocket Casts help you... Um, stay in touch and get the latest when they happen so uh, good stuff and um, I still enjoy my mates Paul and Rach good show, good fun uh, but not for the kiddies, just FYI uh, thank you for listening as always uh, get in touch anytime, uh, go to the website eftm.com.au if you've got a question, a problem, anything about technology that's why I'm here, stacks of calls tonight we'll try and get to all those uh, as best we can uh, if we run out of time, well we'll, we'll talk, uh, well it won't be next week I'll tell you that shortly um, there is a lot to talk about. We've got to talk about Apple's announcement. We've got to talk about Apple's dramas, or maybe really the internet's dramas this week with celebrity hacks. I want to tell you about a creepy but awesome little device uh, called Carlock. Plus, we're going to talk to one of the senior engineers at Dyson about their new air multipliers. They, uh, it's amazing how a company like Dyson can can refine an already excellent product. So we'll have a look at that. Plus, we're going to talk about online safety and security. And uh, what you need to think about um, when you're looking at devices, what you need to think about when you're using a device and uh, how online security is as important on your mobile as it is when, you, um, when you're at home on your desktop computer. So we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies. Um, without them, the show wouldn't be free. Probably wouldn't even exist, um, if I'm honest. Uh, and again, um, I promised that I would have details of the Gulf Range this show, but it's 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 about 24 hours away, I think, because I've just got to confirm uh, with Garmin a couple of things we're going to do. But it'll most likely be uh, the oh, I'm going to going to give the get the date wrong, so I'm going to bring it up on my computer while I'm here. Um, but it's a, it'll be a Friday night uh, in September, most likely the 26th. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, sorry, no, most likely the 19th. That's what I'm thinking. So it's only two weeks away. So 19th or 26th, one of those. Uh, two dates we will um, we'll make the golf happen uh, we'll have uh, Garmin golf watch to give away we'll have uh, golf balls for you to hit and uh, we'll probably bring about 10 or 15 people so it'll be a select group it'll be up here in the north of Sydney and if you're thinking get along then um, pay attention to the Twitter feed uh, at EFTM or at Trevor Long for the next few days and as soon as I'm ready I'll announce it there and we'll, um, we'll jump it on the website and you'll be able to enter and I'll pick some winners and it'll be great fun so join me with that uh, but as I say, it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin. This is Your Tech Life, and uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your company uh, every week here on Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. So, we wish we could say more. We wish we could say more. What does that mean? That's what Apple is saying to us. Uh, Apple on Friday sent out invitations to its uh, event, which is next Wednesday, our time, Australian time, at 3 a.m. In, uh, in Cupertino, it's Tuesday, 10 a.m. And the invitation just says 9-9-2014, so 9th of September, 2014. Uh, and it says, we wish we could say more. Now, firstly, let me say, I think that means they are going to say more. I think they're going to reveal something really exciting that we didn't expect, like the iWatch. But I could be completely wrong. Uh, that's just kind of that, that inner excitement of hopefully they do do something. Because this really could, that's not fanboy stuff, that is... You know, the Galaxy Gear, sorry, the Gear 2 watch is, is beautiful. I love it. Um, but I think Apple would do it better. I'm just saying. Uh, so I think that Apple could really help us set the bar on wearables, and um, and that's going to be pretty exciting stuff. So, look, if that happens, it will be good. But otherwise, we're going to see a couple of iPhones. Now, uh, and I, I mean a couple because I think they'll release a new iPhone, but then they'll release a new bigger iPhone too. Uh, as well, I should say. You should never use numbers. <laughs> Another iPhone. Um, so that's... that's. But I've spent a bit of time on the website. You can read everything I think is going to happen. EFTM.com.au um, what, what we know, which is very little, what we think, and what the rumours say. 
It's all there. Now, a couple of things about this event. It's, it's going to be held in Cupertino, about 2.6 kilometres from Apple's headquarters. Uh, it's going to be held at the Flint Centre for the Performing Arts. Now, this is a huge venue, which Apple's also constructing quite a huge uh, building outside of, which is likely to be the hands-on area for the press and, and invited guests to play with whatever devices are released there. Uh, the Flint Centre for the Performing Arts is quite uh, important because it's where the first Mac was unveiled by Steve Jobs in 1984. Uh, that's a significant event. It's a significant thing in Apple's history. Also, the Bondi Blue iMac was revealed there. Again, another significant device in Apple's history. Um, so this is significant. I think that, that shows how important this event is. Or it just shows that they couldn't get another venue. <laughs> uh, they could be messing with us. Who knows? We really don't know. Um, importantly, though, if you want to know what's happening, you can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long or at EFTM or at Your Tech Life. All three little bits and pieces come through on different different accounts now and then. Uh, I'll be in Cupertino. I arrive there on uh, Tuesday uh, morning, uh, US sorry Monday morning US time. So um, the following day, the event will be on, and uh, I'm sure you'll you'll catch up with what I've got to say and what's happening over there via the Twitter feed, the radio, the TV, the website, wherever it might be. Plus, I will record um, uh, an episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech, tech and um, and uh, an episode of Your Tech Life from uh, the United States uh, next week. So that's why next week's show will be uh, briefer. Uh, it'll be purely my thoughts on the iPhone launch and Two Blokes Talking Tech will be both our thoughts. Uh, and that will be next week in Cupertino uh, in the US of A. So uh, lots to look forward to there from that one, from that event, and uh, hopefully you're interested in that. If you're not, uh, well, that's fine. Just um, do tell me. I don't mind. You can tell me that. Uh, Jump on the website, eftm.com.au. Jump on the uh, Facebook page too, facebook.com forward slash eftmonline, and um, there's a couple of posts there. I'd love to know what you think is, um, is going to be revealed. Um, and don't be a stupid Android fanboy or Apple hater. Just I'm curious. It's not about your love or hate for another device. I'm just curious as to what people expect based on everything they've read or seen. Uh, this is Your Tech Life. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. But Thank you for listening. This is all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies. You can check them out at garmin.com.au. Father's Day, Sunday. If you haven't got an idea yet, pull out the wallet, get $150, get him a Garmin Vivo Fit. This is the fitness band that moves at the pace of your life. Now, whack this on Dad, and it'll learn his activity level, assign him a personalized daily goal, displays on the screen the steps, the activity level, and assigns you that personal daily goal. On the screen, uh, shows your distance, monitors your sleep, pairs with a heart rate monitor if he's got one. It's got a one-year battery life. Um, and, of course, you can share and save your progress on Garmin. Connect their, um, their free app and website. So, you know, it's an important thing. Uh, measuring your steps is not about uh, competition with yourself. It's about trying to be better, trying to strive to do better and, and step more, move more, which uh, creates more well-being in your life. So uh, well worth the investment. Um, available in a range of colours, uh, black, purple, teal, blue, slate and red, um, and uh, a range of other things. You can actually get it with a heart rate monitor for 199 or just on its own, the Garmin Vivo Fit. For 159 check around, you might find better prices around the place, but the Garmin Vivo Fit, V-I-V-O Fit, Garmin Vivo Fit, quality wristband that um, will uh, really uh, help your father, if that's who you want to buy it for, keep track of where he's going and where he's moving in his life. Uh, that is available at Garmin.com. Thank you for listening. This is Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. You can get in touch. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. If you're on Twitter, jump on Twitter as well, at Your Tech Life, at EFTM, and at 
Trevor Long will find me in all the gibberish that I do there. Yeah, let's go back to calls. Go, Dino. Trevor, how are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Mate, Samsung Galaxy S4 mm-hmm. just recently has started turning itself on, turning itself off, and then back on again. What, just randomly in the middle of nowhere? Uh, randomly. So it's been sitting on the table. Um, I don't turn it off at night, so it sits on charge. Yep. And you'll just hear that Samsung, the, you know, the, oh, the, the jingle. The jingle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that just happens. Um, I'm a truck driver by trade, and it was going off all day today. Uh... <laughs> Look, I think his phone's um, turned off right now. <laughs> so we'll try and get him back. So, the mobile service you have called is currently unavailable. That, that's the most. That's the most. The mobile amazing service thing. you have called is currently unavailable. That's the most amazing thing that's ever happened while I've been recording. We're going to wait a couple of minutes. I'll come back to Dino. But imagine if that was what happened. Imagine if his phone just turned off while he was telling me that. Stand by. We'll get back to Dino. You're listening to your tech life. Thank you for listening. This is Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. You can get in touch anytime. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Sue. Hello, Trevor. What can I do for you? Um, I was, um, I'm not sure whether it was you or Stephen Fennick I heard talking about one of these sort of um, hotspots that you can take with you overseas or something to create your own hotspot to get onto email and all that sort of thing. Mm, mm. And I... And I um, gone to a few places to ask about it, and the only one that I know that I can get is, is through Telstra. Now, when um, you, I, is, is the overseas part important? That's probably the most important thing I need to know. Are you talking about taking something overseas, or are you talking about getting internet kind of wherever you are here in Australia? Well, mostly here in Australia, wherever. Hmm. So, because there's a couple of products. Uh, the first one is the the one I've been talking about, which is the Telstra uh, 4G. It's called a My Pocket. Wi-Fi Ultimate. This is a little device, I guess, um, you know, about the size of a smartphone, yep. but it creates yep. a Wi-Fi network for up to 10 devices, and it connects to Telstra's 4G network. It's 150 uh, bucks, yep. um, which which is up front, and then that gives you 5 gig of data, and then you just recharge it as you need it. Now, you could, oh, put, okay. you could put $200 on it, and that'll last you 12 months or 12 gig of data, whichever goes first. Um, yep, yep. And it's a great solution for getting on the internet uh, out and about wherever you are in Australia. Oh, okay. And what, what if I did want to go overseas um, with, with that same sort of thing? Mm. How, how, do, how would that work? So taking one of those overseas is difficult. And to be honest, I wouldn't recommend it because you're going to have to... A lot of these hotspots are configured specifically for the network you buy them from. Uh, oh, where, oh, okay. Whereas mobile phones, for example, are normally made to work on a whole stack of networks around the world, depending on whose SIM card oh. you put in. So you probably oh, okay. have you got a smartphone? Yes, I do. I've got an iPhone. So you're probably better off um, making sure your iPhone is unlocked um, from your yes. carrier and getting. Uh, who, who's your carrier? Telstra. Uh, Vodafone at the moment. Even better when if you want to roam, um, because Vodafone has a daily roaming plan that's just five dollars a day and you get to use whatever you would normally use here in australia oh, so okay. for and i'll give you the best example i'll, I'll probably repeat this so many times to, to my listeners that they get bored of it but yep. so i've got um i've got 10 gigabytes of data on my vodafone plan i'm pretty pretty lucky i, I spend yep. a reasonable amount and that's the amount i need um i don't use it much but so so goes life now on the 7th of September, this Sunday, my, my monthly plan rolls over. And then as of the 8th of September, I've got 10 gig of data available. I can make unlimited calls, unlimited texts. That's what I normally do here in Australia. I'm flying, right. I'm flying to America on Monday. For the yep. three or four days that I'm in America, I'll pay $5 a day. So let's say I'm going to pay uh, $20 to Vodafone. Yep. And for that, for that $20, I get the privilege of using my phone just like I'm at home. I can make unlimited calls within America. I can make unlimited calls back to home in Australia. I can send unlimited oh, wow. texts. And I can yes. use that 10 gigabytes of data all I like. Um, wow. as, as long as it's within my normal monthly plan and as long as right. when, when I come back, I remember that I've used part of my data overseas. Um, yes. It's the best way to roam, Sue, honestly. 
Oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fantastic. And then oh, well, if, you've, if you've got a tablet or a, or a laptop or something you want to get on the internet while you're overseas, yep. then you enable what's called Hotspot on oh, your okay. iPhone. And that's yep, as okay. easy as pie. Yep, okay. Right. That's, so, yeah, that makes sense. So that would be what I would do. What, what you need to do is pick up the phone to Vodafone and double check that you are, you're on the right plan to get the roaming thing going on. Um, just, yes. just in case it doesn't apply to you or something like that. But if you're not, yeah, sure. honestly, it's it's worthwhile being on that plan just for the time okay. that you travel. Oh, terrific. Thank you very much for that. I'll certainly look into that. Good on you, Sue. Glad to help. Thanks for getting in touch. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks. you. And Bye-bye. you can get in touch anytime. Just go to the website eftm.com.au. All right, I've, I've called Dino back. Let's make this quick. Dino, was that your phone rebooting? Absolutely, mate. That's, that's the, the funniest... That's the first time I started in the middle of a call. But... Seriously, the funniest thing that's ever happened. Honestly, we're talking about... <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, that's brilliant. Classic. So, okay, we've clearly got a problem. So a couple of things. Um, I mean, you know, Samsung need to help you with that because it's a, it's a problem with the phone. And the phone's obviously not that okay. old because it's only a Galaxy S4. So... Yep. But before, to be honest, you could go through hoops trying to get Samsung to help and all that kind of jazz. I would mm-hmm. probably try and fix it yourself first by doing a full reset. I'd restore okay. the phone from scratch. But yep. when you do that, you lose everything, right? You're wiping it clean. Yep. Is that going to be a problem for you? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what do you What do you got I, on there? What do you got on there that you need to try and back up? Well, all the photos that we've got, I've got. I've, doubled up onto the laptop, which is my girlfriend helped me do because yep. I'm absolutely useless okay. at it. Photos the things sorted. that are in there that are important are the text messages because I've got every text message I've ever sent my partner since the day we met three years ago. Well, let me just give you a piece of advice. Uh, yep. In about 11 years from now, should you still be together, she'll think that was <laughs> yep. that's weird and stalky. <laughs> Uh, because I happened to have a printout of the first like 100 text messages my wife and I sent, and she uh-huh. was freaked out by it. She thought it was stalky okay. weird. But just just letting yeah. you know. But anyway, okay. here's okay. Yep. Here's but the phone will stay on for bits and pieces, right? Yep. So here's what I reckon you should do. There's an app called, yep. and I used this while I was switching between Android phones. There's an app called My SMS. My, uh, My SMS. Now there's like a premium paid version. Pay the money. Because what it does is it sends all of your um, all of your messages up to the cloud and it puts them on a website, basically a cloud website. So you can actually log on to a website and view the messages. In fact, you can send and receive messages via the website. And, okay. and then when you wipe the phone, so mm-hmm. first and foremost, install the app, do the sync. Don't wipe the phone until you can go to the website and see the messages that you need to see. Once yep. you can see the messages up in the cloud, then go wipe the phone, start it up again, install the app again, and it'll download them all. Done. All right? Now, yep. if then, after you've restored the phone, you still get the reboots, get yep. in touch with... Talk to Samsung, see how they yep. go, see how they help you, see how they treat you. If you don't feel like you're getting correct service or, or satisfactory service... Get back in touch, and I'll, I'll go straight to the top of Samsung, and we'll get you sorted out. But I'd like to see you try through the normal channels first, do a restore, yep. give, the, give the phone a kick up the bum, basically, with a full restore, and, um, okay. and see how that goes, and let me know how you end up, mate. Magic, not a problem. So it's My SMS. My SMS is the name of the app, uh, and yeah, I'm pretty sure there was like a subscription or a paid version that gave you the online services. So check that out and install it. Okay. We've, we've made it through, mate. I've got you the help without the phone okay, rebooting. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you, you better get on it before. I've never done that before. Mate, yeah, so. you better, you better sort it out before it start up happening in, in an important business call, mate. Yeah, beautiful. All right, Dino. Good Thank on you, you mate. Thank you very much for your help, mate. Cheers. And uh, get back in touch if you need any more, mate. Cheers. I will do. Thank and, you. Uh, you, can, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Welcome to Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. You can get in touch anytime. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Questions, problems, or you just want to have a chat about anything technology, Your Tech Life is the show, eftm.com.au, the website. Uh, g'day, Maggie. Oh, hi, Trevor. Thank what? you for taking my call. That's okay. What can I do for you? Um, I have a, I, I'm in a unit, and we have a, a common uh, aerial for the television. Sure, yes. And I've got another television in another room, and I was going to put an external uh, aerial on the balcony uh-huh. and then someone said you can do it uh, with like a router or a splitter from the main... Uh... Antenna. Yeah. Yes. And look, an antenna 
is is really just a piece of cable that carries a, a signal, uh, you know, some waves, uh, you know, yeah. radio waves, sound waves, whatever they might be, uh, which is a very stupidly simple way of, of describing it. And it can be split. The, the issue is the more times you split it, the more the signal degrades and, and all those kind of things. But in a in a in a building like yours, it's really just a matter of splitting it once, and that's okay. If you're saying to me you want to split it twenty times, then that that's a bit different. Now, how the pro, the question is, um, is it a it, like do you have a a a ceiling or are you in a unit block? A unit block. So the question is getting access to that cable, um, because splitting it out, uh, you know, in internal walls is a very difficult thing. Uh, if you can't get into the roof cavity. Um, you know, it's it's not an easy thing for an electrician to do, but is it is the kind of thing an electrician would do. So you could get an electrician to come out and and maybe give you a quote on on performing that work. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, you're better off just trying to get a um, an antenna um, that you know you know like the old rabbities. Yes. Essentially. Oh, I've got one like that in t- inside, right. um, but I work? just thought it'd be better outside. It'd be better outside because you get better reception. Yes. Are you yeah. not getting great reception from the one you've got? Well, it moves right. a bit, yeah. Now, now, the one you've got, does it have power? Yes. Okay, because I was going to say, you've really got to make sure it's a powered antenna these days with digital. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in the end, you're probably going to find it's a whole stack cheaper just yeah. to get something put on the balcony, uh, mounted yeah. on the wall outside the balcony or something, but you're yeah. still going to have to run a cable into the television. Yes. So well, it, it's both both things are the work of an electrician, if you know one. Um, yeah. Worthwhile getting someone out to have a look, Maggie. But but certainly, you know, the onus is on you because, you know, the, the body corporate's not going to bother with it. Oh, no. Uh, someone said you can get, um, you know, like, uh, I think they're, uh, with a computer and mm. broadband, mm. you can buy like, like a router, is it? Or a router. An extender, a mm. router. An extender. Yeah, normally those things. That. What those things do is they they duplicate the television. So if you if you put it on your main TV, it can send that 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 TV signal back to your other TV. The problem oh, is okay. the two TVs don't operate independently of each other. Then, so oh, if you're watching Channel Seven in the lounge room, you can't watch Channel Nine in the bedroom. You got to watch Channel Seven. I see. I understand. Mm. Okay. Yes, yeah, so it would be better on the balcony. Correct. I think. Yeah. Correct. Oh, good. And uh, do you mind if I ask you another question? Go for it. What do you think of the the um, new uh, Microsoft Surface Three? It's beautiful. It's a, it's a elegant design. I mean, that's the one thing that always captivates me about devices is they've got to be good looking because you're spending a thousand bucks. Yeah. Um. So it's a very nice design. It's very light. It is very big. Um. You know, it's a twelve inch screen, so it's yeah. quite big. Um. It's a lot bigger than the iPad. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, but it is a very powerful machine. If you had a laptop which you didn't really need the full laptop, uh, you know, capabilities for, and you just needed, you know, regular access and very portable access, then the Surface is a great replacement for a laptop. Yeah. Um, yes. But I don't know that it's as good a tablet as the iPad because the iPad, even the Samsung Galaxy Tab S, is a very portable, thin, light tablet, whereas this is more of a you know, hardcore tablet, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, I understand. All depends yeah. what you need, Maggie. Pardon? All depends what you need it for. Yes. Well, I just thought it was so, um, it looked so good and it was so clever. <laughs> oh, no, it's very clever. Very yeah. clever. But yeah. it's also very expensive, Maggie. Um, yes. You know, dollar for dollar, uh, you, you, you know, you really are spending more than a laptop on that thing. So you'd really want to need it. I, yes. I Have you got a tablet yourself, Maggie? Uh, yes, I've got a, an iPad. And do you think there's something that it doesn't do that you need it to do? Um, I just am not as comfortable with the iPad as as I am with sort of Windows, I suppose. I'm just used to Windows. Yeah, sure. Um, well, a Windows tablet would be a great thing for you. But remember, Windows is now very different. Windows 8, yes. very different to the old Windows. Yes. So yes. you might find yourself just as uncomfortable with that as you are with the iPad. Yeah, yeah. I'd be a learning curve either way. Correct. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I think you're better off finding out what are the things that you would like to do and you're not, not seeming able to do on the iPad and learning those things either through an Apple store or a course or just researching online. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, learning to make the most of what you've got now. All right, Trevor. Look, thank you very, very much. Good on you, Maggie. Get in touch anytime. Thank you for getting in touch. 
Thanks, Trevor. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au, or you can call 1-800-157-157. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. All right, so um, Monday, nude photos of celebrities appeared on the internet. Uh, many people looked. Lots of people didn't, and I think this is a good sign that, that the world is moving against this kind of thing. Um, I don't... I, I kind of wasn't accidentally exposed to these things, which is often what happens when, when, when this this goes on. So that's a that's a, a respect I think people have for the privacy of others. But there was a lot of conversation um, around this and what happened. Now, early on, it was just an iCloud hack. Whoa, hang on a minute. Um, everyone with iCloud's freaking out. iCloud wasn't hacked. These celebrities were targeted. And iCloud was, in a small way, vulnerable. Here's what happened, I think. Um, these celebrities' iCloud accounts, um, hackers tried to get into them minute after minute after minute by entering a new password, a different password, a new password, a different password, a new password, a different password, until they guessed the password. A computer does all that for you. And they kept going and they got in. And then they retrieved a backup of an of iPhone, they downloaded it, they installed it, and they found the photos. Let's just run with that. Um, Apple has since made it impossible to continuously enter a password, you now can only enter it a certain number of times before you are kicked out. So that, they've kind of closed that off, but it's a bit late now in that sense. However, for these um, these people, their data, whether it's new or old, was compromised. And it's unfortunately a lesson for us on several fronts. Firstly, um, don't take nude selfies and think that they are safe. Um, if you're taking them at home, a, I don't know where you can get anything printed in the old days anyway, but assuming you're able to get them printed somewhere, you're not keeping them in a top drawer. You're keeping them hidden somewhere, like super stashed. Someone breaks into your home, those photos are vulnerable. You put them in the cloud, those photos are vulnerable. So if you're going to trust the cloud, you want to put key lock windows in your home. You want to put a deadlock on the door, a latch on the door, an alarm system in. And for the cloud... That's called two-factor authentication or two-step authentication. So you put in your password, and then after successfully entering your password, you get a text message or a pop-up message saying, here's your access code. And you put in that access code, which is unique to that moment. It is uniquely sent to your phone, and you're then into your account. So if someone does hack your password, they've got to have your phone as well to be able to get into your account. Two-step authentication is available on Google, Microsoft, uh, Apple, uh, Facebook, Twitter. All the big big services have that, and it's highly recommended. Highly recommended. I've done it on Facebook recently. It's very easy to use. It's got a code generator, they call it. And if you try and log in from a new computer, you can open up your mobile phone, open up the Facebook app, and open up the code generator, and the code appears on your screen there. It's very, very cool. So highly recommend if you're worried about your personal data, download um, sorry, in, implement two-factor authentication on your accounts. I've listed a whole stack of sites that do it and uh, and details and instructions about it on the website, eftm.com.au. If you're worried, uh, either put two-step authentication on your accounts or delete your cloud accounts and don't use it. But I think most people would probably err on the side of keeping their accounts because they're quite useful, they old cloud accounts, aren't they? So um, that's how it rolls. That's what you can do. Check it out at eftm.com.au. Now, while you're there, you have to look at this product, um, and you'll you'll be indicated there by a kind of orange-looking map. Now, I I received a device called Carlock. Carlock.co is the website. Um, It's a small little device that plugs into your onboard diagnostics of your car, which is normally under the steering wheel. And it has a GPS signal, it has a SIM card in it, it has trigger um, sensors all through it. And it's connected to your iPhone because it's cloud-based. Now, what happens is you open up the app on your iPhone and the app requests a signal from the car. The car tells it where it is. It tells it uh, um, whether the car's started. You can get alerts. Like, I've just got one. My wife's driving the car at the moment. It says car vibration detector. I think my, my wife just got in the car. Next, it says car engine started. She's on her way home. If I wanted to, I could open up the app, see where she is. Now, that's I'm not tracking my wife. I'm testing this device. Um, if, you, if you're worried about your car getting stolen, great way to keep tabs on it, great way to get alerted about it, and I think that's really the target for this thing. Um, if you think you're going to stalk your partner, that's stupid. Don't do it. 
Um, they can easily rip the device out anyway, um, but a thief wouldn't think of that. Honestly, they're stupid thieves, aren't they? Uh, so, great little device, bit of fun, but really only for people who are worried about their cars getting stolen. Um, it's about $100 now, be about $200 ongoing as a, as a one-off price if you don't get it the early deal. And there's a monthly cost of 5 or $10 you know, for the SIM card access. So, Check it out at EFTM.com.au. Fun little product um, worth a look. EFTM.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Uh, you got a question, a problem, a comment, or anything you want to chat about with technology, go to the website EFTM.com.au. G'day, Neil. Yes, hi, hi Trevor. Yeah. What can um, I do for you, mate? I'm, I'm, I'm going overseas and later in the month. Actually, I'm, I'm going with Tim on this uh, Queen Mary 2 trip. Oh, beautiful. Yes, Tim Webster from TUE is making a, what sounds yeah, like, that's how, to that's, me, yeah, I listen to him. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds to but me the like the most is, extravagant trip, so it sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. But um, can I, what, how, what do I do for a, for a data for the phone over when I get to America and, and Europe? Hmm. Now, I don't worry about calls, but just to get uh, emails and if you're walking around, you can get a map or some information, Google yeah. or something like that. Uh, are you looking to get it while you're on the cruise or just while you're on land? No, just on land because okay. uh, they have they have uh, they have broadband on the on the ship. I think you pay for that. Yeah, it's not a problem. Just in Wi-Fi. Sure, sure. Now, um, who's but, your current mobile carrier? At the moment, yeah, uh, I'm with your Tango, but uh, they use the Optus network. Okay, so you're not going to get great roaming with your Tango. So you you definitely want to go for one of two options. The first one yeah. is to go to um, Australia Post uh, and get a travel sim. Now, oh, you, can, yes, yes. you can look them up online before you go in. It's called travelsim.net.au. Uh, uh-huh, that's yes. their website. And what you can do there is you can look at what the what the costs of roaming is. Now, is it mainly in the United States from memory? Well, no. We only got three days or so there, and we've got a week around London and Paris. So ah, I yes. presume the Europe one might cover both both countries. Europe might be better. Well, the good thing, so that's the thing, right, about this whole roaming palaver is it's it's a lot easier when you're in one country mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. one country you buy a SIM card locally and you just do your best with that, right? Yeah. Now, uh-huh. the, the problem is when you're in multiple countries or you're there for a reasonably short space of time, uh, yeah. you, you, you do kind of need to go with the, the, the option that I'm going to give you, which is travel SIM. Now, basically with travel SIM, it's a prepaid SIM card. You put it in your phone, yeah. assuming your phone is unlocked. So it's important that you make sure with oh, your yeah, carrier. Oh, yeah, it's unlocked. Yeah, yeah. I bought Great. it from Kogan. Yeah, yeah. And the good yeah. thing is you can, you can do this tomorrow. You can go to Australia Post, buy a travel SIM and, and it's unlocked. So you put it in your phone, you charge it up with like $50, uh, and yeah. then you pay per, um, 100 kilobytes of of data. Now it's yeah. it's not cheap, my friend. So just be very careful because you know the good thing is it's prepaid, so you're not going to just suddenly lose your cap. But um, yeah. yeah, but you're not going to be going to burn through it pretty quickly. So I'm just yes, trying to yes. think. 100 kilobytes is uh, it's a 10 times that is is a megabyte, and I'm just trying to do the calculation here. Um, because it's three cents, so it's thirty cents a megabyte, uh, which is uh, you know not cheap. A uh, thousand yeah. megabytes is uh, is going to cost you like three. It's going to be reasonably expensive if you if you're using uh, like a gigabyte of data. So f- as a backup, as a, as a simple thing to have access to when you need it, Travel Sim's yes. going to get your data. But mm-hmm. in yeah. all honesty. When you're traveling like that and you have a flexible cost in your in your roaming, you need to be very yeah. cautious with it. You need to check your usage on a daily basis, and on the first day you land, check it on an hourly basis, and then um, yes. and and then uh, you want to try and jump on those Wi-Fi networks whenever you can. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll use that when I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, as long as the other thing to do before you go is make sure that your phone is in fully updated mode. Make sure you turn off background updates, um, and it's called syncing on a lot of apps. So you don't really want Facebook and your email just randomly checking for mail. You want to turn all that oh, off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Because the last thing you want uh-huh. is land in, in England and have travel sim, yeah. great connection, but, but Facebook yeah. and Twitter and all these other things use up, you know, 10 megabytes of data, and you haven't even opened a map. Yeah. No, I I don't use Facebook and Twitter really, very rarely. But uh, I do have a couple of Google email accounts and 
and that's checking all the time with those ones. Yeah, so turn you go into the yeah. settings and accounts and turn off the, the background sync on those so that they only check yeah. when you ask them to check. And, you, you know, we're, you're not leaving for a few weeks. So what you can do is you can set yourself a little challenge, um, Neil, to do this mm-hmm. over a weekend here in here in Australia. So yeah. on, on your Android phone, you got Android, yeah? Yes, yeah, it's a so Galaxy, Samsung. Right, so on your Android phone, open up the settings and look under data usage and reset the yeah. data usage, reset the counter, and then turn uh-huh. off everything you think you're using and then use your phone yeah. kind of casually as you might while you're travelling for a day and a half, two days, and have a look how much yeah. data you use. And then yes, I mean, make that calculation. I, I only have a monthly limit of 500 meg and I don't use that. I know, but 500 meg overseas will, yeah. will cost you like 150 bucks. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah. use 500 meg. But yeah. just, it just, I'm just saying do that because then you'll learn what your phone is doing on the internet. And, so, and you can stop it <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. things you don't want to do. All right. So, so two pieces of advice. Have a play around with your phone now before you go to learn what it's doing on the internet using the settings and data usage button on the Android phone. Yeah. Secondly, jump yeah. into a, a Australia Post store and get yourself a travel sim. Easiest way to go. You can set it up before you leave. So that, that will work in America and Europe? Correct. Card? And what you'll get is you'll get a, a weird uh, Estonian phone number, which you can give out to yeah. all your friends before you leave, and they can ring you. No cost to you. Obviously, it's a cost to them. And then if you need to make calls in an emergency, no problems at all. You can make calls from the phone as well. Oh, I see. So if they call me, it's going to cost them a, a, quite a bit of money. Well, it costs them an international call, yep. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Oh, that's okay, yeah, so oh, that's what I'll go. So this is only a 3G phone, so does yeah, that, is that fine. a problem? It no. doesn't take 4G, I don't no, believe. No, I wouldn't worry about that. You you barely get you rarely get 4G when you're roaming anyway. Um, and and oh, Neil, just, see, yeah, the yeah. last thing is I've just written a piece yeah. on, on roaming on my website, so if you get some time, go to the website, eftm.com.au, and have a look at my piece I've written on roaming. I've covered travel sim there as well for you, okay? Oh, good. All right. I'll have a look at that before I go into Australia Post and go just to jog my memory about what we've been talking about. Then. Good on you, Neil. And you keep Tim, yeah. uh, you keep Tim honest on that on that tour, mate. Enjoy. It sounds like an absolute awesome yeah. trip. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Really. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah. Great stuff. All right. Thanks for thanks for thanks for ever so much for your help. No, thank you, and thank you for getting in touch. Oh, thank you. Talk to you later. Goodbye. And uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website eftm.com.au. you're listening to Your Tech Life, go to the website eftm.com.au if you want to get in touch or you can call 1-800-157-157. Now, the future of the internet of everything is the smartification of the home. Those were the first words written to me um, to suggest I have a conversation with my next guest. I'm okay with the smartification of my home. I'm uh, doing a fair bit of it. But then, then it got me thinking, before you buy these things, should you be taking into a consideration a few points about security and then i started to panic because my house is already pretty half smart so uh let's have a chat about those things with tim felinski the director of consumer sales for for uh, trend micro in the australian new zealand region g'day tim how you doing bud good thanks trevor how are you mate i'm well now are you going to tell me to turn all my smart devices off because I've got a Bluetooth-connected garage door, a Bluetooth-connected front door. I've got light switches I can control from the internet. I've got air conditioning I can control from the internet. Uh, I've got scales that connect to Twitter. I mean, I've got some stuff going on in this house, mate. <laughs> yeah, as, as a lot of people are starting to do these days. <laughs> but no, we're, we're not suggesting you need to turn any of that kind of stuff off. Right. Because um, my wife yes. would be very unhappy, if, not, not because she loves it. She doesn't really, but just because it would be frustrating. <laughs> True. Well, I, I think if, if we look at the house of tomorrow and we even look at a lot of new houses being built, this is all coming as standard. So, um, you know, we're by no ways on means suggesting that we all need to go back down to the dark ages and build fires every night, you know, at home to cook our meals. But likewise, I think we just need to be a little bit careful about when we put our houses online and when we uh, smartify them, um, what information and, and, and what we're doing behind that to protect that core data that we need to uh, use to identify ourselves. So I think about a few things, and I'll give you another example. Um, I installed a product which I'll review uh, later this week in my car, which uh, tracks my car. Uh, it uh, can kind of alert me when there's activity in my car, like the car moves, you know, vibration, all these different things. 
And, you know, it's essentially connected to the internet. Now, I'm pretty sure it can't be controlled remotely, but the one thing that it makes me realize is that my smartphone is now super important to me. You steal my phone, and I'll, I'll put this out there, I'm saying it on, <laughs> on, on the show, you steal my phone, you can, you can certainly know where my car is, but you can also get into my front door. Now, the reason I say that is because my phone is protected with a password, passcode, fingerprint, and different things. Is it that kind of thing that we need to start educating people about? Is it about the, the kind of um, front-facing protection you need to offer, not just your um, software, but you know, devices in your home and different things like that? Yeah, this, this is where we're starting to get to. So if we look at the house of tomorrow and we say, what do we need to protect inside there? Um, I look at things in three different categories. First of all, you've got your devices. Now, I think everyone knows you've got to secure your PC and your notebook. But what we're trying to teach people is exactly what you were talking about there. That mm. you also need to be careful and protect your things like your tablets and your smartphones yeah. because they're being used more and more to control everything. And if you think about it, like five years ago or even three years ago, we might sit in front of the television at night and search the internet on our notebook and do our banking online that way. Mm. Now we do that via our tablets. So we're seeing more and more viruses and, and, and privacy still has been written for your tablets and your mobile phones because people don't think that they need security for that. And, and you know, we, 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 could, um, we could go real kind of tin hat theory here and suggest that, you know, the, the theft of devices may not be as lucrative as the, um, you know, the vulnerability of devices. So, for example, you leave your, your tablet at a cafe uh, someone you know notices you left it there. They go and because it's open and unlocked and doesn't have protection on it, they install some piece of malware on your on your device physically. I'm talking about here, and then you know they hand it in and say someone someone left this here. You go back get it, and this this device now has malware on it. Um, whether that happened through a personal interaction like that, or whether it happened because you browsed a website and, or installed some malicious app. This is the kind of stuff that can happen now, and we've, we've got to start talking about it because it's not just about you know viruses on your computer like it was 10 years ago. Definitely, and, and here's where we're starting to see it change a little bit. It's also people keep thinking about protection as being about antivirus, and yeah. you know we've got viruses. How they're actually attacking things like phones and tablets is they're actually not putting viruses onto them. They work in a sandboxed environment. They're not really up there. But what you've got to do is read carefully your app permissions because what the apps are doing, the ones that are malicious and, and, and attacking you, is they're trying to steal your data. So they're building a profile of you. They're building an image of you to figure out who you are, where you live, where you go, and all the other kind of bits and pieces. Mm. Why is that important? Think about if you call up your bank tomorrow and they ask, wait, and you had your credit card number, which some people sometimes store on, on their phone in some way or form, and they ask you to identify yourself. They ask you a couple of very, very basic questions. Um, where do you live? What's your date of birth? Maybe what your mobile phone number is. So therefore, these people are stealing that data so that they can impersonate you and then empty your banks. It's not particularly a virus that goes and does something to your device, but a virus that sits there in the background and slowly sends that data off. Yeah, and it's that identity theft that starts to be an issue for us because it's not something we actively see until we have, you know, uh, credit card debt because someone's using our, our our personal information to build up a debt profile or to, to apply for things. It's a whole different level of crime now, isn't it? It is very, very much so. And what we've seen over the past years is that uh, crime and viruses, it's gone from people having a bit of fun to people doing a couple of little little things to actually organise crime. Um, so therefore, you've got syndicates out there who are definitely going after people. We've seen that they're actually very, they're very careful in targeting exactly what they're after. Um, we had a recent one that I think a lot of people would know about with their Apple phones, where there was Oleg over in Russia who locked out your phone and you had yes. to pay him $100 to yes. do that. Now, now, in that particular case, it was not Apple that got hacked whatsoever. And... So therefore, how did the, he get to do that? Well, this person had got a list of email addresses and passwords from another third party and inputted them into the Apple iCloud and changed 
your password to lock you out of your device. Mm. So therefore, they're getting the information in one area and using it to punish you in another area. So therefore, even if you get a strong company like Apple who do protect their passwords, you're leaving yourself vulnerable by ha having information stolen in another, in another area. So what are, what are our top tips for people? What do, what do people need to be thinking about? What, are, what do people need to be doing? Because for no, at no point do I want people stopping the revolution that is technology because I see great power in it. I see great um, freedom in it. I see great, you know, it is literally empowering people and, uh, and changing the way we operate, which is for the most part a good thing. So how do we give people comfort and confidence to, um, to protect themselves? Well, you know, I, I think what they're going to do is just sit back and think about what they're about to do. So I'm like you. I've got, you know, internet, Wi-Fi enabled, scales. I've got, you know, a little fitness tracker for myself and all the other mm. kind of bits and pieces. But I look at the data and what that device is doing. So on those two devices, if someone hacked into it, would they see my weight? Yeah. Would they see how many steps I took? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that really my biggest concern? Yeah. Um, You've got to think about the devices that are giving access to your life. So think about your internet-enabled TV. Think about your webcam. And also, I think is a big, big importance, think about your mobile devices, devices from your smartphone to your, to your tablets. You know, we, we saw a recent survey where in 8 out of 10 people in Australia own a smartphone. Not just a phone, but a smartphone. Yep. And the amount of information that is stored on those is incredible. And they are becoming the window in to this uh, home of the future. Uh, we, we're seeing that Apple and you know, some of the early documents uh, out of them about their home automation system will use their iPhone as the hub of all information. Mm. And now you've got a problem. That device gets hacked, you'll probably ha give that person access to your security system to opening your front door. So you need to be careful when the device can do something that hurts your security and hurts your identity and not particularly worry about uh, devices that will give a little bit of information but not the core information that can identify you. And you mentioned earlier, and I think this is probably the number one thing for me, that especially people who use an Android phone, when you download an app, it asks you, it tells you what the app wants from you in return, whether it's payment first up but then secondly permissions. It'll say, you know, to be able to send SMSs on your behalf to be able to read your contacts, to be able to read your messages. There are apps that can ask permission to read your messages. There are apps that can ask permission to use your camera. You need to read what it wants, and then you need to logically put together why it's asking those things. There are always reasons, okay? So um, don't, don't dismiss an app just because it wants access to your microphone. That might be because it's Shazam, and it has to be able to access your microphone to listen to music and identify it. It's not always bad. But if you're downloading the latest Flappy Bird phenomenon and it wants access to your SMSs, say no, because it doesn't need yeah. that. Very important. And also watch when um, one of the big things we warn people about is to make sure that they keep their apps up to date. Mm. Like I think people keep maintenance on their computers, but they may not be downloading and installing the latest updates for apps. Mm. But also at the same time, you've got to be careful that it's sometimes in those updates where they change the settings and the privacy controls and what they can get from you. So mm. it's, unfortunately, it's a bit of a two-edged sword there with, with the devices. But what we definitely do recommend is that I think people these days need to consider security beyond the PC and beyond virus and think about privacy and how that really matters and actually consider putting a security software onto their tablet and their mobile phone to help close that loop in, in how people are trying to access us and get to us in the world. So give me the uh, give me the, the the quick version of, of software for uh, these devices. Uh, what are people searching for? What's Trend Micro got available to help in these areas on on iOS and Android? Well, we we have uh, two different applications: one for iOS and one for for an Android. Yep. And it's it's because they're two different operating systems. Oh, very much. So. And what we're seeing is that the the people out there are attacking those devices separately and differently. Yes. So from an Android point of view, um, our software does a lot of testing for viruses in the apps before they download, and also, which I think is most important, giving you the privacy alerts where we're seeing that, hey, this app is sending off a lot of data, do you know that? And, you know, we don't force a person to actually uninstall the app, but we you give them their... We advise them. So you and, you know, I've run naturally from the software myself. You know, my bank app um, wants a lot of security data, but he wants to do that to ensure that 
I'm always contacting it from the same phone, I know who I am, etc. But then you get some games that seem to want, you know, to have access to your GPS location, your contact list, your photos, to your SMSs, and you begin to ask, you know, what are they really after? So, you know, the other thing we just got to, you know, advise people out there, there are, there are a lot of free apps, and, you know, a lot of the game apps are free, but, you know, how they're trying to get people is in-app purchases and, and to see you extra stars or clams or something there. But there are a lot of apps out there for free that people love to grab and, and buy. And at the end of the day, these people need to make money too. So you've got to actually question what they're really after. Um, in addition to that, we're seeing, and, and this is a big part for us, that social media, people are sharing unbelievably. Um, we, we're seeing that people are sharing a huge amount of data, and this is the data that people can use to actually take over your identity out there. So the one thing we've done is we've taken our um, market-leading Facebook privacy scanner that runs on PC and Mac and actually developed that for both iOS and Android. Because mm. out of the 1.3 billion people who are on Facebook, over 1 billion per month only access their devices via their mobile phone. And what people don't realize is your privacy settings set on your mobile phone are different to your privacy settings that are set on your PC. So you've wow. got to check those as well to make sure you're not oversharing information. And is it safe to say that you get what you pay for when it comes to protection and security? Um, I'd like to say yes and no because uh, you've also got to be careful that you're buying for, from a reputable company because one of the biggest viruses that we found in the Android store was a, uh, a, an app that pretended to be a virus scanner. Right. And it would have a little circle that went around and gave you a nice big tick, and for $6.49, you lost all your information. <laughs> so you've got, so I, I think this is the, the world. Like, you know, if, if we went to a PC and we bought a bit of software, we'd look for Microsoft or Adobe yep. or another big company out there. When we go to apps, we just download apps. We don't see who's writing them. And I'll tell you, tell you what I've done. I've just searched for Trend Micro, or I'm, and I might have just searched for antivirus in the Google Play Store, and I've come up with this thing that says Mobile Security and Antivirus. It says the app developer is Trend Micro, but even that, let's just, let's just assume someone faked all that. I'll tell you how I know this is the right app to have. There are over 1 million downloads of this app. There is a 4.5 star rating. You don't get a 4.5 star rating, you don't get a million downloads with a piece of junkware or, or virus. So you can give some credibility to those things, those rankings, those download stats. They're very important ways of determining whether an app like, you know, antivirus is actually going to serve you correctly. So... That's the thing to download, mobile security and antivirus from Trend Micro on the Google Play Store. And um, similarly, there's an app. What does the app for iOS uh, offer? Um, the app for iOS offers pretty much the same, um, where we do the, both the virus scan and the privacy checker. Mm -hmm. We also do the Facebook privacy scanner for the people. It's built in there. The one thing that we figured out with uh, iOS is that people were attacking it uh, using phishing scams more often. Yep. So we've altered the software to pick up more of those phishing scams so that's where, you know, in an app or in a download, you, you, the app itself naturally is virus-free, but it's got a link there, and when you click on the link, you go to a malicious website, which then takes your data off you. Yeah. So we've built the protection to protect where we're seeing the attack vectors for iOS coming in. But I think most importantly, and I think a lot of people believe now, that, you know, uh, or still believe that iOS is, is perfect and free, we are starting to see some apps and more potentially around privacy sneak in there and you know it's very hard to control everything so you know we you do need a virus a virus scanner but more importantly a privacy scanner for your ios device all right thank you mate thanks for the chat and hopefully that'll give people some food for thought and uh, take security seriously when you're uh, not just on your computer when you're on your mobile device your tablets and your, uh, your phones as well thank you mate thanks for the chat thanks trevor Thank you for listening. Uh, this is Your Tech Life. If you've got a question about technology, problems, doesn't matter what it is, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Ilsa. Oh, good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, tell me, I have got a lot of problems with certain television channels when it rains. They yeah. turn into like a jigsaw puzzle. Oh, yes. And uh, it's always when it rains. What's that? It's always when it rains. You, you get the pixelated screen. Yes. 
Uh, yes, mm. now, but not on all not on all channels. Mm. Now, the, there's really only a couple of things you can do here. The weather does play havoc. How far out of the the city do you live? I'm in French's Forest. Okay, so you're up north, and the not look. It's not the greatest place in terms of coverage because of the hills. And, right. uh, and whatnot that get there. So that's probably the number one problem is is actually just your coverage area. But I would suggest you get an antenna man out. Have you had an antenna man out in the last five years? No, no. It's, it's worthwhile doing, Ilsa, because with the, with the switchover of digital TV, antennas should have changed. They needed to change to get the best coverage. And when you're on the fringe... Mm-hmm. You suffer yes. the most from it. So my advice mm-hmm. to you is to get an antenna man to come and have a look at your antenna. He might, he, you might need a new antenna. He might point yes. your antenna slightly differently. He may give right. you some other direct advice, but it's most likely your antenna that needs yes. a little bit of tweaking, okay? Yeah. Tell me, I'm a pensioner. How much do these people charge? Have you got yeah, any idea? Yeah, I, I don't know, to be honest. I would think yes. that if you right. needed a new antenna and he was going to install it, it would be many hundreds of dollars, you know, probably oh, $500. Yes. But I think what you, it could be. But what I would do mm-hmm. is I would ring them and ask them mm-hmm. what it costs to come and give a quote. Yes. So you know you might have to you might have to stump up fifty or a hundred dollars to get them to come out and do a check mm-hmm. of your place and give you a give you an understanding of what's required. And then yes. if they say to you then so that's a hundred dollars to to tell you this, and then later mm-hmm. on. You don't have to get the fix straight away. You could wait a few months mm-hmm. and save up to get the install done, and then hopefully they'll give you a discount on the install because you used them for the quote. Oh, yes. Uh, tell me now, I'd, <clears throat> if you are a tenant, yes. can you do that, or should you do that, or is it the... It's uh, an excellent question. Uh, for the landlord. You, you should, no, I would, I would tell the landlord first and foremost. They may not really right. care less, to be honest, but... Mm-hmm. I would say to the landlord, um, ever since this, you know, for many years, how long have you lived in that house? Uh, since November two thousand and six. Okay, so a long time, and have and, and and but it's only been happening in the last little while, or has it always happened? No, well, when digital came in, yeah. and it rained for the first time, that's when uh, Channel Seven started off, yeah. all the seven channels. So, have you got a good relationship with your landlord? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you've kind of answered your own question, really. Um, yeah. I think, I think, you know, it depends on your money situation, but what I would do is mm-hmm. I would get the quote. I would yes. get the quote myself, and then I would mm-hmm. say to the landlord, I've paid to have a quote done. He's told yes. me what's required. How about mm-hmm. we go Harvey's at the very least? Do you know what I mean? So try and negotiate with the landlord. Yes. And uh, can you recommend anybody? Because I, I... I don't. There's you know there's companies like Mister Antenna. Um, I think even the Jim's mowing style service, Jim's Antennas, um, oh, would yes. would have services. But ha- ha- just have a look in the yellow pages, and there will be companies. Right. And uh, and you know make sure you ring around and check what everyone charges for that quote service before you yeah. uh, before you, you you get back to them. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good and on it you. Is all now... Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Go on. Go on. It also starts happening now on other channels, but not nearly as badly as on Channel yeah, 7. Yeah, it, it's all about the, 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 the reception. Now that they've all been retuned, it'll be a bit mm. different for everyone. So you really do need to get that antenna looked at, Ilsa. All right. All right, good okay, luck look, with that. Thank you for thank getting Thank you in very touch. much for your advice. No worries. Thank you for getting in touch. Okay, thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. <laughs> All right, we're here today having a look at the uh, the new range of uh, Dyson Air Multipliers, and I'm here with uh, Dyson engineer Thomas, who's over from Singapore talking about the new range. Firstly, w- what is your role at Dyson, Thomas? I'm a design engineer. So what does that involve day-to-day? I mean, it's a difficult one for us because, you know, a lot of people have day jobs. You know, they go to work, they work the factory floor, or they, you know, sell things, whereas you, Dyson's one of those companies, there's only a certain number of products every couple of years. Yeah. So what does a what does a, a month or a week in the life of uh, someone like you involve? Well, basically, uh, we just uh, bulk of the R and D is done in the UK, so we just uh, take over the projects that was transferred to Singapore, and we just uh, improve upon them, develop them to be ensure that they are ready for manufacture. So you're you're the you're the final mile after the R and D ready for the manufacture. Now that the the air multiplier was launched in 2009, five years ago, I was quite kind of shocked that it's been five years. It feels only like maybe three. Yeah. Um, and you know, very successful product, very, very, um, very different product for retailers and for consumers to, to grasp. What was wrong with it that you needed to improve? 
Well, the feedback we got from Dyson owners is that uh, while most people are quite happy with the airflow, some actually felt that the noise levels could be further improved. And that's why James Dyson issued an engineering brief to the uh, engineers to actually come up with the next generation that's not only 75% uh, quieter, it also has to be more energy efficient and uh, to be safe as well. Yeah. So I look at it and you know, at a very great glance, it looks similar, if not the same. And I think people would be in a retail, retail environment, look at it and think it looks the same. It's really on the inside of this thing where the difference is made. Now, let's talk about sound first. 75% reduction in, in the sound of the device. And I think it's most noticeable when you've got it at full speed. So if you've got a Dyson Air multiplier and you've got it on you know, full speed and the old ones have a little, little knob, turn it fully to the right, quite, quite a loud sound of the, of, the, of the air being pushed out. Um, how does one achieve a 75% reduction in that sound? All right, so are, are you asking about the, uh, all the improvements we made? Yeah. Right, so first of all, we've got the re-engineered airflow paths. Uh, there's just a lot of focus on reducing the amount of turbulence that happens within the air multiplier itself. So uh, with a reduced turbulence, not only do you get a, uh, less noise, you also uh, require less power to actually push the jet of air through the air multiplier. So as you said to me earlier, you basically killed two birds with one stone. And it's all inside. So if you were able to look inside it, as you've been able to show me here, but the average punter at home hasn't seen inside their air multiplier, it's it's all a tiny, tiny little tweaks inside. It, it may, it's the same motor. Um, it's the same basic form factor. But by improving the airflow within the device, you take away turbulence. And because the turbulence is gone, the power isn't required to push the air out. And so you're saving on power as well. That's right, yeah. So sound, the other thing about the sound is, and you, you, can, you can name it for me, but this amazing little chamber down the bottom that, um, that actually takes away some of the frequency in the sound. It's all those little things like that. Yeah, well, one of the more significant additions to the air multiplier was the Helmholtz cavity, which actually, actually serves to improve the overall tonal quality of the sound. Now, sound, sound is, isn't just about reducing about the, the, the amount of the sound level. It's also about eliminating, eliminating certain frequencies, those annoying high-pitched frequencies from the sound. Sound can be soft but annoying, can't it? So what you do is you take away the higher, higher frequencies and you get a, a softer sound. It may, it, in fact, at some levels it may be the same sound volume, but it's a, it's a more pleasing sound. That's right, yeah, kind of like how a mosquito buzz isn't very, very loud, but it could just annoy you to a point where it just keeps <laughs> you up all night, yeah. That's right. So uh, it actually serves by uh, drawing the, the sound in, it just bounces around the, the chamber until it just the, the sound actually dissipates itself out. So how many years is something like this worked on? When does James Dyson send out the memo that says, right, well done, air multiply, great success, we've, we've recreated the fan, there is, there is a new market now. He sends a memo. How, how far into the life of that product does he send the memo saying we need to make it better? Well, it's been in development for three years now. So that's about two years after the AMO one first came out. And what is the you're at the you're at the sort of end of the product life cycle in terms of the research and development? Um, what what does it feel like to work at Dyson? And, and see the new stuff come through. You know, years before we do, because we're, we're here now, it's, it's in the market. Um, you see it obviously well before us, but you see it also after the ideas have become uh, a, a new, new technology. What does it feel like to see that for the first time as, a, as, a, as an employee of Dice? Oh, well, it's really, really exciting. You know, we, we just get really excited about what's coming from the UK. So the engineers will, just, will be all like, oh, so what, what kind of improvements are we making now? So, so what's new about the next project? You know, we just want to just dive into it, find out what's really, really smart about it and how it works. How much improvement happens after it leaves R&D in, in the UK and, and comes to so Singapore, for example, and, and the team starts working on the production of it? How much more needs to change just because of uh, other mass production or even just more improvements? Is there an incremental change or is it pretty much done when it leaves R&D? Well, it's more of an incremental change. Mainly, we we, uh, we mainly focus on getting it ready for mass manufacture. Yeah. Kind of like how like sometimes you will see conceptual designs, but the end product is uh, a little bit different. Mainly because of the uh, certain limitations and uh, requirements, or that comes with the uh, manufacturing yeah. of the the product itself. So, when you walk into a retail store, what color do you go for? I personally like the black and silver. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's, it's a new colour that people will see and it has a it has, has a great elegance to it. The original white and grey is still there and there's some other colours and there are still the, the three uh, different models. The the upright, the, the tallest one, that also has the same level of improvements and, and sound uh, improvements as the smaller models? 
Uh, well, uh, the AMO8, uh, AMO7 and AMO8 uh, has uh, uh, sound improvements of about, I believe it's 20% um, and 8% respectively. Yeah. yeah. But um, overall, they, they all of them comes with the same sound reducing. Because they've got further to send the air around. You've got your desk fan, it's a smaller space. The, it's closer. The actual um, multiplication takes part closer to the motor, whereas with those, you've got a much larger window to send the air around, and the same with the upright. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I could be an engineer. I could do this for a living. No dramas, James. I'll take a job. Um, it's very impressive. Um, it's on sale now in uh, major retailers. Um, you should be very proud of it. And I think um, I've spoken to several Dyson en engineers before, and I get the sense that it's one of those companies that once you're in, you never want to leave because you you probably won't come across many other companies that are that in innovative, really, in the world. As, as an engineer, you, you wouldn't see many other places that you would want to go. Well, I, I actually work um, as a, I actually entered Dyson as a fresh graduate. So, uh, but so far from what I've seen, yes, Dyson is one of the most, uh, the, the companies that really, really shook, shook the boat, uh, really, really tried to introduce something new every single time. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas, and uh, enjoy your time in Australia. Thank you very much, Trevor. I think I may have rabbited on far too long tonight, um, but that may make up for uh, an under-delivery next week. <laughs> I uh, appreciate your support. And uh, please jump onto the uh, website, eftm.com.au, read, engage, whatever. Uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online, and follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long or at EFTM, whatever you like. And, uh, yes, we appreciate your support. We appreciate your uh, following. And uh, next week I'll be in Cupertino with uh, the Apple event on, and I'll bring you all the news and information there right here on Your Tech Life. Thank you for listening. My name is Trevor Long. Get in touch. Go to the website. Send me an email. EFTM.com.au Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.